Society for me, I mean, nationality, I don't know, I grew up in England. Mm. Uh, I was born mm. in India, so it mm. didn't uh, I didn't have nationality the same way that most people, but I think for the most part I've only seen the results of national thinking as a, as a um, sort of used in an ignorant way, really. I haven't really seen anything come out of the concept of nationality that's positive, to be honest. I mean so uh, nationality is a tribal issue. I mean, yeah. it's, it's quite simple. I mean, there's, there's no no nationality, religion, identity, all tribal issues. Well, yeah. it started like that. It's it's, it's the midbrain. You know, it's yeah. more. It's, it's more it's than it's that. It's not the hind brain, but it's the middle brain where. No, that's where it starts. I don't think that's what it is now. I mean, you've, you've so how got is, how is it now? You've got things like religion get involved. You've got uh, economies. You know, Britain, for example, uses uh, the pound mostly you know in Ireland they use Europe euros but say Scotland England Ireland North Ireland and uh, I think Wales as well use the pound right yes. so that's one example of it's not just you know a tribal thing it's also uh, an economic thing you know and one nation has its own economy but that's also tribal isn't it no. what's the difference between a dollar and a pound except I like the pound because I live in no but they're both they're both different organisms within a play field it's not tribalism at that level it's um, it's it's two separate economies. It's brand loyalty. It's the currency that we use here in England, for example. If I go into Europe, we use euros. Uh, you know, Europe euros is a way of dissolving those boundaries in, within Europe. Yeah, mm. of which England is still uh, you know part of it. So um, they they try to create an economic superpower in Europe. That's why the euro was invented. Actually, it's different from the dollar, which is the other end of the world. Well, and it's also uh, the dollar was used to represent economic yes. uh, prowess. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Uh, people used to tra basically it's down to oil. Uh, people trade oil in uh, gold, or they trade it in dollars, or they trade it in rubles, or they trade it in euros, or whatever. And uh, who who controls that controls the power, really. You know, so that's why uh, the dollar was a big currency. Now it's not really, uh, you know, whatever. Back to nationality. What you know, is nationality to you? Yeah. There's interesting aspects of nationality these days because really it's about the people's struggle with their own legal system mostly, I think. Uh, I think that's the main difference between where you live and where else you live is how you, you know, uh, what taxes you get, um, you know, things like that, what kind of health care you get, what kind of, uh, what, what amenities are the, is the nation providing for you in mm. effect, which, you know. For what you put in, what you get out. Something like that, I think so. But I think the boundaries are dissolved. I mean, I don't. I never lived in a world where that was so important, and maybe that's why it was easier for me to move. And I think you know because you didn't feel a foreigner in the new place. Well, I maybe I did, but I felt a foreigner in the place I came from anyway. You know. <laughs> okay. So, and as a foreigner, you know, you have a much more uh, intelligent insight because you're not just stuck in your ways. You can't be. You have to be open to other people. You know, you have to accept ways which may not be your own, and that forces you to be a more open-minded person. I think you know. Um, it even uh, allows you to look at what was good in the place you left, but only when you're outside it can you see it. When you're within yeah. it, you're within it. Yeah, perhaps, yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, uh, nationality, you know, in that respect. The, the main issue, I think, in England is is uh, sort of ex-colonial uh, nationalities and, and mm. things like, you know, there's a lot of Indian people here, a lot of mm -hmm. Pakistanis here. Mm. But that's because, you know, uh, Britain invaded and conquered mm. uh, or tried to conquer um, this uh, country, uh, India. Mm. 
which uh, at the time wasn't even called India, I think, right? Or I don't even India know. has always been Bharat. I don't know where this name India comes from. Yeah, well, the British must have invented it. So, <laughs> Somebody you know, invented it. Whatever. Anyway, so mm. we're actually Bharats, but we all call ourselves Indians. So there's mm. an issue, you know, yeah, uh, that's worth looking into and exploring, you know, why are we calling ourselves by a name that was given to us by our conquerors, you know? Mm. But then again, you know, it's like the Romans and Britain is the same sort of thing, actually. Same relationship, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, Britain is a ex-Roman colony. Mm. Um, you know, so it has the same relationship. Yeah, there's di there's similarities. You know, you have the the roads, and in India you have the trains, and you know these kind of things are sort of good examples of what the conquerors left behind. Mm. What good good pieces, good things yeah. that came mm. from being yes, conquered. Yes, yes. You know, they brought us out of uh, out of the the, the technological uh, world we were in and brought us into a new one. Basically, mm. so uh, while raping our mothers and you know. Yes, that's exactly what I'm going to say. You raped our culture. You thank you for the railways, but you completely screwed us up. Uh, Religious-wise, you've screwed us up. Culture-wise, well, in Britain, yes, and I think maybe that's uh, you know that really got to them. I don't know. I don't know the the story, but you know, Britain went and did that to everybody else uh, mm. afterwards, and so did most of Northern Europe actually. So that kind mm. of conquering idea. Well, all conquest is about property and raping women. Well, it's not. It's just rape in general. You can mm. take the concept of rape and say that conquering is a form of um, you know. It's not just rape. It's more. It's um, it's you're taking things for yourself. You're not just stealing them once mm. you're not taking someone's dignity once you're taking them imprisoning them and making them your property so that, to be honest that's the way it used to be you know so we talked today about rape and you know we're all horrified by it and and rightly sh rightly so you know mm. we should be but we forget that actually you know it's only been very recently that we even agree that it's something that's not meant to happen mm. you know? mm. so we're, we're making progress a lot people tend to forget that and in the old days it wasn't like that you know the Killing and and raping and all that wasn't even considered a crime, especially when it was done by the people working under the name of the king or the church. Or yes, you know, the king said, "Go and do this," and they did conquer. it. Conquer. That's what. And then they're given titles. They're called knights, and that's what it means to conquer. <laughs> you know, but you've expanded our empire. You, it means that now we've got spices and gold, and mm. you know, silk, silk from China. Yeah, and exactly. Opium exactly. And so you know, the rich people can uh, you know enjoy that and, and get um, opium up. Look at how great we are, you know, we'll send mm -hmm. some more poor people to die for us. So that's where this kind of um, idea of, I think, people, you know, nationalities generally, you know, come from this kind of idea. The reason a nation exists is because a bunch of people died to protect it, usually. Like a, like a large family, would you say? Mm, Massive family? I think it was the original corporation, in it, if anything, <laughs> okay. you could say it like that. You know, yes. you, you were an empire, actually. You know? <coughs> and a corporation is a small empire, in effect. You know, there's an, interesting, there's an interesting comparison there. Mm. Uh, so if you look at it systemically, that makes great sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, when people write books saying he went and discovered Australia. Well, Australia was there for a long time, Metey. Mm. And India was discovered and America was discovered. Well, the Red Indians were there and the Aboriginals in Africa were there. Yeah. They didn't ask to be discovered. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were discovered by an industrialized society, I guess is what they mean, you know. Uh, for its own advantage. Well, of course, you know, every society works for its own advantage. And I think, you know, to try and say that that's wrong is absurd, actually, you know. what, what You know, that's where you start to get ridiculous, because it's like, look, guys uh, and girls, you know, we're in a society where, you know, we, we have a higher level of morality than we ever had before. We, we have a higher level of, uh, you know, ability to discuss that morality and to mm. decide on what Certainly we Certainly the freedom of speech is there that just yeah. did not exist. No, and a freedom to think, which has only come about fairly yes. recently because yes. education levels have only ra raised above 
Otherwise, only the lords of the manor studied. Yeah, who could read, you know, 150 years ago or something. So, you know, we're in a much, much, much better position, and that's where now we start to realize, oh, you know, we, we can spread mm. some knowledge around ourselves. We can put these, uh, you know, pseudo-wise words, pictures and stuff around on Facebook and mm. say, you know, we don't agree with uh, the banks taking our money, or mm. you know, and we have that right to do that. Nobody's stopping us, and we're being provided a free service to do that by a company called Facebook who become a massive corporation, you know. Um, and so I see people on there complaining about corporations, uh, for example, or complaining about their country or mm. whatever, but it's like, hey, you know, what do you think? You're using a computer, you know, uh, who made that? Uh, yes, you know, yes. Um, who who uh, says it's legal to do that and that who protects your rights to be able to say that, oh, I, I hate my government? Well... Mm. You know, you live in a country where it's okay to say that. Well, in the Middle East, they all object to America, and they're all using Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, but and cell you know, phones and satellite phones. I think a lot of people outside the Middle East object to America as well. A lot yeah, of yeah, Americans but I'm talking about the ones who uh, vehemently and passionately hate everything American. Well, uh, no, but that's just the same as the other way around. You know, that's just uh, old-fashioned ignorance, isn't it? But that's the same as people hating corporations mm. or hating capitalism mm. or you know. Hating but if Jews. the idea is good, you take it and. Arab Springs happened, whatever the outcry uh, afterwards was, it gave people the freedom to collect people and talk very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... So that, that has a great advantage. Very ordinary people could get people together. Yeah. And the Internet is actually the, the thing that did that, I would say. You know, that's uh, one of the great... Uh, the Internet's probably the first great uh, world wonder that, that has... To connect people. ...still been unsung. Mm. And, and when we're in, you know, some time when nationality has dissolved a bit more, people mm. probably will recognize the, 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 the Internet basically dissolved those old barriers. So, for example, you know, we have access to uh, Facebook that we can say what we want, we can say we hate Facebook, we can say we hate the corporations, you know. Obviously, if some, there are some levels that you can't do things, like uh, Wiki, WikiLeaks is a big example where somebody's going out and giving, uh, you know, secrets of uh, the, the, corp uh, the, com the government. Mm. And, you know, that about national security and stuff like that, for me, it's almost like, you know, that's asking for trouble, so I'm not surprised, and it mm. does bring up a big privacy issue. But I think if somebody was to do that, you know, they shouldn't have picked the, the secret services. You don't expose... <laughs> the secret services and expect to get away with it because actually you are putting a lot of people in danger you know so it's kind of there's a double-sided coin there what people don't tend to think about perhaps is if you're going to blow the whistle on somebody how about the corporations you know how about the media let's blow the whistle on those people because they're the ones who are and who controls the media they're hurting us mm. you know they're mm. hurting us as a society in uh, a very sustained and very unannounced way quietly it's yeah, happening subtly yeah subtly and cleverly and controlling our minds like um, Hitler might have controlled, so the newspapers are controlling Pretty us. much they are, yeah. <coughs> I mean, I think, you know, at the same time, any individual has that choice to be controlled or not. So, you know, they only have power because we give them power and we let Absolutely. them. You know, but it's almost but like... people complain about page three in the papers. Well, don't, don't buy, buy that buy paper. It. Yeah, don't Simple. buy it. You know. It's in page three, so you don't see it on the cover, so what's the problem? Don't open it. You know <laughs> but I mean? someone said, uh, you've got all these dirty words in the dictionary about 150 years ago. He said, madam, why do you go looking for them? Yeah. <laughs> also, like, you know, you need a definition. It's a dictionary. Get over yeah. it, you know. Um, but so <laughs> I think th uh, those kind of things, you know, people, uh, also us as well, we're, we're responsible for wasting our thought on issues like that. Like, so, for example, Obama and Mitt Romney, these are two perfect examples of people who waste our time thinking about the wrong thing. What's the real problem? The real problem is that there is no democracy. Uh, you know, the real problem is that uh, whoever runs the country, so-called president who, uh, you know, actually doesn't run the country no. at all. It's He's told out to run. He's yeah. a puppet for the people to make mm -hmm. them think that, you know. So it's a big theater, and we know that. Um, anybody who's got any 
sense uh, should know that by now. And big companies give them big donations, so they control them in a big way. But it's, n it's not even that. The companies run the country. Mm. And this whole uh, democracy and White House and all that is just a show for the people so to make them feel like they have power. They have power yeah. Like you said, the sna uh, uh, slaves in but, Pharaoh's But then there's the other side. You know, people mm. also tend to forget that, like, you know, we, we keep looking for this slavery mentality. But you know what? Even if the entire world is enslaved by one company mm. or, mm. you know, whatever, who owns everything, let them own everything. We're still as free as we want to be. We're free to go and get any STD we want, to go and get any drug we want. To you know, if someone wants to set up a company doing whatever they want, as long as it's not hurting other people, for mm. the most part, we we're free to do whatever we want. And most of the things that are restrictive are restrictive for our benefit. For the you know, for the most part, if you if you actually knew what was going on in the secret services and all that, actually that would cause a lot of problems. You can't handle it. People can't handle that. Mm. They can't handle the the idea that extraterrestrials are already in touch with us and that there are more advanced species out there. Why? Because they're religious. You know, if you went and told people, actually, God, you know, we, we got told by these aliens that God doesn't exist. And you know, here's one for the religious people and for the non-religious. Uh, aliens came down and they said, you know what, you're made in the image of God. So we went off and we thought, oh, so God's a human. Of course not. We were made in the image of God because the image of God is what we call the universe. And we're made in that image because, you know, if you go into fractals and all that, you can see that, you know, the evolution and all that. All of this stuff is there, but how you interpret it is wrong. So what we've done is turn something extremely beautiful uh, and, and way beyond our understanding into something that we want Small to believe. Small and rigid. We want to believe is Ho holdable within our limited imagination. So, so let's say this, right? Any human being who thinks they understand what God is is wrong. Mm. Fact. Okay. Sorry. You know. If I'm you understand, if you understand that uh, uh, sentient being is, is not God, if you can understand, you are you are God Himself. Well. Potentially, but you know we're all part of God. Mm. Uh, but not take God. the religious text. Anyway, this is another discussion. But just mm. to get to bring it back, you know, um, this is a good example of why people aren't told the truth by the people who are trying to manage uh, a safe and comfortable nation. You know, and I have actually had the opportunity to meet some people from that side, uh, and they I asked them questions like, you know, so how do you feel? Um, you know, manipulating the truth to, uh, and they're like, oh, totally fine. And it was a good person, but she explained, this woman, she explained to me, like, well, you know, you've got to understand that if uh, Prince Harry um, has a diarrhea attack in front of, um, you know, in, in a press conference, you, you you can't just let that stuff go out because it's going to be hurtful to a lot of people. And, and it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's, you know, you wouldn't do that if it was Britney Spears. You wouldn't do that if it was, you know, so if that happens to somebody, you know, that's our job. We have to make sure that these things are cleaned up. And it's not about um, protecting people from some evil that's not known. And, you know, yeah, there are times when that stuff can happen. L look at Hitler, for example. Yeah, he was a good example of somebody who came in using a nice-sounding message like Obama did, but then turned around and actually was, uh, you know, a, turned a completely, a completely turn, yeah. different way. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there is the danger of that happening, but I think a lot of people are just whining, uh, to be honest, about it because they've got nothing better to do. And they're, they're living in some of the freest countries in the world, and they, that's all they have to do. Which brings me to the topic. You lived in UK, of course. You lived in Holland. And uh, tell me the difference in how people consume I illicit, and I, within quotation marks, I, I think we are a nanny state controlling people. Mm -hmm. And I worked in the drug industry in the UK myself. Mm -hmm. How do you see the difference? Because there is a different outcome in uh, Holland versus here. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Drugs um, as a form of national identity. Mm. And, um, this is a good one because, yeah, it, uh, one country right next door to us, Amsterdam, uh, Holland, mm. uh, it's actually called the Netherlands, sorry. Um, mm. That country is very similar to England in a lot of ways. One of the big differences is that they have a decriminalization on, on most illicit substances, not mm. just... Mm. You know, it's easier to get stuff there, and it's you know you have shops. Literally, you can walk into them and buy some 
marijuana, which here is illegal. Mm. Um, so what, 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 how does the society handle that? And well, they're much more mature about it, you know. So um, like kids take, uh, what, age, what age did well, they start there? Most of them stop smoking weed when they're 18. Basically, because it's legal then. So because legal, so you've done your thing, been there, it's won not the T-shirt. See, mm. people uh, smoke weed to feel rebellious in a way. Mm. Well, there's a, no, it's not that. Sorry, there, there is a rebellious part of it, which I think that's my guess because that's why is it that British people smoke much harder than Dutch people? Uh, they smoke much more, and uh, they justify it much more. Whereas Dutch people, by the time because it's legal, they have the opportunity to think, well, you know what? I don't really care about I don't, that much. I don't, I don't need really it. like yeah. it. Yeah. I don't really need it. Whereas here, there's a pride about, you know, oh, do it so that you can feel like a rebel and screw the government. N naughty but yeah. nice kind of yeah, attitude as well. And also because it's, it's the, you know, people who say it shouldn't be illegal, I think they're absolutely right, you know. I mean, w firstly, uh, medicinal marijuana, you know, let's take that word and say, you know, as soon as the drug companies get a hold of it, then it's fine. It's fine for them to own it. It's fine for them to produce it. You know, it gives people... Uh, it lots of money. Yeah, but, and it is a good drug to use for a whole bunch of stuff, you know, like uh, eating disorders, MS, mm. yeah. yeah. There's the mm. whole list of stuff. Well, the Red Indians, when they first used those kind of things to cross the Andes, they took it so that they could get across for seven days without eating and drinking. I think that was different plants. I, I doubt that was marijuana. I don't know. No, it wasn't marijuana. It was opium. Oh. No. Well, what, yeah, those kind but of... But I'm just saying what is illegal necessarily today Yeah, but you had know, a different role once. The problem with that stuff is that you, if you make it illegal, you make it you know, More an, an illicit substance. Yeah, and, and, and it becomes A, a forbidden fruit, and B, you put it in the hands of the criminals. Mm. And C, uh, without proper awareness uh, of these substances, then people can get abusive with them to themselves and potentially others, mm. whereas actually the, the, the substances that are legal are perhaps some of the most harmful. I mean, let's look at the amount of damage alcohol does. But this discussion shouldn't be about drugs, and that, that is a whole show. And, you know, to be honest, that's been done to death. And anybody out there who still thinks that marijuana is worse than alcohol for our society or for any individual is just kidding themselves, and they have no idea what they're talking well, about. Look at, that's well, look at what alcohol is doing today. Yeah, alcohol is uh, completely... And also for the rigid ones out there who drink and then who say, oh, marijuana or drugs and all that, listen, right? In the, I think it was the 1920s, mm -hmm. there was a, a wine called Van, Maria, Van Mariani wine. Van Mariani. Yeah, and mm. you can look that up. I think I've got the name right. And it was a cocaine wine, and it was actually the most popular wine amongst you know the, the rich and uh, the popes and all the queens and everyone was on it. So they were all taking cocaine, thinking, you know, this is fine. Coca-Cola was made originally with cocaine. It wasn't something that people thought was bad, whereas if you mention it now, people like, well... Yeah, it's a hard drug, and it is, you know. So I'm not trying to say it's a good thing. I actually don't think it is a good thing. Um, but um, this wine, Van Mariani wine, actually was illegalized at some point and, and taken off the market, but because it had alcohol in it, not because it had cocaine. The cocaine was still legal, okay. and that's how they invented Coca-Cola. The guy said, I'm going to make something like that, but not a wine, uh, but I'm going to keep the active ingredient, which is coke, cocaine. And so, you know, alcohol is legal now, so everybody thinks cocaine is a bad drug, but, you know, think about what it must have been like then and, um, and how wrong you are when you think stuff like that, you know. And also, all of this stuff, it's basically down to the Food and Drug Administration uh, or whatever the equivalent is in, in the UK, um, deciding, you know, food and drugs, what people put through their body, what's legal, what isn't, you know. And, and let's be honest, most of the, the drugs that are harmful are not the natural legal i mean illegal. They're, they're written on a prescription pad yeah. in your doctor's surgery yeah so and more harm comes from those that absolutely ever, ever came from marijuana for example. about three thousand people a year die in america from drug interactions right so we doctors yeah, in america 
kill about 3,000 and more people. Just from and we just talk about 9-11 all the time. I mean, that's one. Actually, death is quite surprisingly low. Uh, 3,000 is a lot, sorry. But I mean, in terms of the overall effects. But the uh, side effects, people, the cost, yeah, yeah. the time spent, the time wasted, the other. So then why would something like marijuana be illegal? Well, you know, there's a bunch of reasons. Again, I don't want to focus too much on this topic because it's been done mm -hmm. to death. Um, you know, so it's basically the, the, the difference about Holland and England is that in, in their way, they uh, they allow you to do something, and uh, if that's what you want to do, then uh, is it like mature parents allowing the teenagers to have a bit, bit so. of life outside, and then you'll do it, and then you're finished with it? Well, yes. do it, you know, because I'm not going to stop. I can't mm. stop you, but I'd rather you going and getting it legally than getting it from a criminal, mm -hmm. yeah. and and finish with it quickly and get on with your life. Yeah, or or if you you know there are people who can get on with their life and smoke. So, I mean, no, no, I can't. But, they don't you know, cause me any grief if they drive on the left the problem, side of the road, you know? pay their taxes. I mean, if they're smoking it in a train in front of everyone, yeah, don't. You know, I agree with that. It's the same as cigarettes. Don't smoke it in my face. So it's good that it's illegal to smoke inside now, you know, protect sm people who don't smoke. But smoking is way more harmful than any, uh, you know, cocaine or marijuana. The, uh, the other drug that's uh, allowed in Holland, uh, prostitution. Mm. Is legal there, isn't it? Yeah, but again, it's um, just the same issue. It's the same, same issue, you know. Mm. Prostitution was one of the first, probably the, we, the reason we invented trade. It, I'm sure it came before uh, first job. Yeah, well, no, but it came before trade. I think. I mean, you know, mm. people were trading sex before they were uh, trading food. Mm. I think, you know. So, I don't know. I'm guessing. So I, I think the two countries have similar. One is uh, look down here, look down here, and there they have it in the marketplace. Uh, it's not all good, you know, if you grew up in a country where everything's so easy and so, you know, it's like, oh, let the kids do what they want. Well, then you do end up with extremely obnoxious children who are spoiled and nobody can tell them, you know, what to do. That's one side effect. Another side effect is that there's more sexual crime there than there is here, which is strange. It's very strange, say. yes. Well, but it's also because, you know, we see going to a prostitute here as a slightly shameful thing and we're mm. a bit guilty about it, mm. perhaps. Uh, whereas there, maybe they don't, and, and a lot of the young people, uh, the men uh, who grew up with that in the window, think about what that means psychologically for them. Mm. You see a woman in a window, I don't think that's a good thing, you know, mm. at, at a young age. I think mm. you, you shouldn't see a woman like that, uh, if any time maybe in your life. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That's really objectifying a woman. Yeah, to the, to the worst. To the worst uh, degree. But also the fact that it's accepted and uh, it's just there. So for me, some things probably should be taboo. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, you know, uh, actually, you know. It's not up to me to decide what's right or wrong. But, but it can be allowed, but uh, it's like porn magazines. You don't have to have it on the newsstands. You can have a shop and you know some people. You know where it you is. You know it is, and it should be children shouldn't go to Sort of taboo yeah. contraband, you could call it. I mean, mm. it should be like that. It shouldn't mm. be just freely available. Oh, yeah, fine. You know, and the news agent, the kid has gone for sweeties. He's five years old, but and he sees these pictures. You know, and that's not right. This actually leads back to the central point, which again is back to substances and not really identity. But if it's smoking, drinking, or uh, so cigarettes, or tea, or, or coffee, or, or yes. but if you open down the scale, even they can kill you if you take enough. It's not even about killing you; they can destroy you in all kinds mm. of ways just because you just consume without. Uh, what's the word? Without the side effects being so obvious. Well, no, with. With without uh, sort of intention, you mm -hmm. just in a habit. You just yeah, smoke yeah, yeah. away without realizing. You're not saying like a, oh, chain, I, like a chain smoker. Yeah, yeah, or like eating pudding all day every day because you just don't <laughs> realize it's a treat. It's not something you should do. You know, like like time. a standard routine every day. Like treat yourself to a table, timetable. Yes. Treat yourself to a drink. Don't just go out and habitually drink every day. I mm. mean.
So it's a special occasion, yeah. and that adds a bit more color to it. So there's another thing, actually, <coughs> nationality-wise. That's uh, you know, England, uh, the international identity of England. A lot of it comes from tourists, right? So it comes back to this idea: oh, corporations, capitalism. Oh, it's bad. Well, a lot of people do that about British people, by the way. You know that we're famous abroad for being drunk uh, hooligans, and and most of Europe hates us uh, for this because every time they meet a British person, they've got two beers, a football shirt, and you know, either fighting or shouting or, or, you know, dropping, you know, just being really, really, really obnoxious. And no British person would want a bunch of Spaniards or Italians or Germans to come and act like that here. I mean, how dare they, you know? Mm. So why are we going out and doing that? Why are we famous for that in Spain, in Holland, in Germany? Well, Germ the feeling Germans are also, you know, they're, they're also famous. But yeah, we're famous for being really... Um, obnoxious. Drunk, uh, obnoxious, stupid... Um, Louts. Louts, yeah, exactly. And that's because, you know, a lot of people binge drink in England and that's how they go out here. You know, you go out Why do we have television programs to enhance it even more? Why do I need to see it on television? I don't know. I think it's the culture. I think British people have that in their culture, I suppose. As a nation, that's one of the things that, that we have here. We drink a lot. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I can't really answer that. I think uh, people enjoy it. They enjoy kind of uh, being, being, being retarded. Out of it. No, being, <laughs> yeah, being retarded. Being out of it, yes. Yeah? No, retarded is a very good word to use. But if you put uh, enough, not enough alcohol, if you put any alcohol, your brain slows down. Any kind of drug. So the end result, as you're saying, is retardation. S so is. Then unconsciousness, know, then coma, then death. Sm smoking weed is also a form of yes, retardation. Yes, yes. And, you know, yes. uh, all those things generally are about getting effed up, getting mm, messed getting up. Getting away from it. Yeah. Being in another dimension. So, you know, I don't want to sort of come up with a bunch of philosophies which everyone can say, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, I agree with that. That makes me feel good. Well, yeah, great if it does, but let's do more than that. Let's not just write a book. Let's take some action. Let's act out new philosophies and see what works. You know, for me, that's, that's actually generative. It's mm. okay to be participating in the, you know, development of your civilization. That's mm. actually the reason we're all lost is because we are disconnected from that, whereas mm -hmm. no small tribe you could not be disconnected from the dev development of your, of your civilization, of your group. And that's a human need that's so deep. That's why we're in trouble right now, because we're, we're not able to behave in any way that helps, that contributes or not, except for make money or don't make money. You know, make a difference, don't make a difference. There's some people who are comedians or maybe other sort of illustrators, authors, or people like that who get their message out there. Maybe musicians is a good example as mm. well. But, you know, how many of those are actually sending out a good message? very few, you know, in my opinion. There's a few, but not many. Because music sh uh, has become a com competitive industry. It's, uh, it's all about identity. Ident you know, that, that brings us back mm. to you mm. know, how do you identify yourself by the music you listen to, by no, the clothes you wear. But more generically, don't we, I believe, we ident make a new identity of ourselves every minute if you are a growing person and if you just say, I'm this, I'm a doctor, I'm a male, I'm Indian, I'm Hindu, I'm da da There's da, different da, da, da. layers of identity, mm. and, you know. But, but it should be a flexible learning some of it will thing. be flexible, some of it just yes, won't. Yes, at the edges it should th be flexible. I, th I think there's a spectrum mm. of, you know, some things you will never change. It doesn't matter how much mm. you try because mm. they're in your biology and your nervous system. Almost in your DNA. Almost in your DNA. They're mm. so deeply ingrained into you. Mm. In fact, it could mm. be a genetic thing that, you know, some people are naturally more uh, reserved, some people are naturally more aggressive, and, and that is biological. And the reason for it is because, you know, in our societies, uh, in a, if you look at the smaller societies of you know a few hundred living on the plains and th you know that's where we come from like it or not um the the mentality was you know some some 
aggressive males are necessary otherwise the alpha males yeah they, we need those guys otherwise the uh, the crowd won't know where to go well no there'll be no more group the enemy tribe yes. will come and steal our females mm -hmm. and we'll just die out that's it yes, that's yes, why they so need a leader aggressive. Mm -hmm. well we need aggression uh, some of the society needs to be aggressive mm -hmm. some of it needs to be passive perhaps some of it needs to be you know um, inquisitive and some of it needs to be um, non-inquisitive and I think that's something that everybody needs to keep in mind that some of us are supposed to think outside the box or whatever we're supposed to be unhappy with just following the rules mm. um, but the majority will always be happy following the rules and there's a reason for it we need society to be stable otherwise you know if everybody was out there thinking about what would be a better world or oh, I don't like this or how can we change things or whatever then you'd never get anything done as so a society. you need innovators you need pioneers you need followers you need you need followers that's what I'm saying mm. and the majority need to be followers because actually they're not followers they're not people who blindly follow they're people who are so busy making sure society's working that we've got the freedom to go and think about talk about philosophize you know so it's not really it's a relationship between the two they keep it stable without them there'd be no mm. food yes you know? so there'd be no thought and and one of the things that you know uh, in the old days everybody was t tilling the field or whatever it's called all day just to be able to eat so there was no time to think uh, about anything and, and we live in a society that's given rise to the possibility to have you know these kind of discussions mm. Mm. Even without a university, because I didn't go to university, for example. That's not where I learned all this stuff. It was mm. from talking to real people. What would going to university give you, if you did? Mm, I don't know. I can't answer it yet. I think... Uh, Are you thinking about it? Potentially. I'm not that sure yet. I mean, it's not about the university itself. It's about the relationship I would have with a particular university or not. You know? mm. So I've been around a lot of universities. You know, I mean, already my work is... In, I have a lot of interaction with universities, actually, in the past. But... Um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, if anything, the most interesting thing is to get students working with me on my projects, you know, and, and actually partner with the universities. And, you know, when you get to the level of Nobel Prize and stuff like that, it's important maybe, but, you know, most professors I meet aren't that intelligent, frankly, and most students I meet aren't that intelligent either because they're... Or interested. Or interested. No, but the, the ones who are disinterested in their topic, it's because they're intelligent. So there's a message, you know, back to education for everybody mm -hmm. who's listening who, who felt like, oh, I didn't do well at my study, I didn't like the study, probably didn't like it because it wasn't very good, mm. you know. And, mm. and the reason, if you could actually sit and do it, it's probably because you're not that intelligent. Do you see what I'm saying? If you're actually intelligent, you see the downfall in what you're trying to achieve here at the university and you say, well, that's not really what I came for. If you really did well at school, you'll go out and find that every company you go and suddenly think, oh, I've got a qualification for that. They'll say, okay, make the tea. In my class, very easy to tell you, about 230 students were there in my medical schools. And the ones who skipped class, da 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 da, da weren't good, are the best doctors. Mm -hmm. And the in most intelligent ones with highest marks are absolutely, absolutely rotten, useless. But don't tell me there, that's interesting there, but don't say that the most intelligent with the highest marks. That's, that's absolutely They never the understood case. the art that's of not, medicine. That's not the case. I mean, l let's make a quick point there because, you know, anybody who thinks intelligence is based on your ability to do a test, right, uh, there's two very, very core things that are about to change uh, everything. One is that we have access to all the information in the world, mm. so you don't need to remember mm. anything anymore. You don't need so to mug up facts. Right, so the testing system is completely obsolete. Right now, it's complete, absolute rubbish. It was when I was young, but society wasn't ready to accept that. Now, now you are, so get on with it. 
Secondly, uh, robots and machines are going to be able to do everything humans can do except for actual intelligence, which in my eyes is not being able to repeat what somebody else has said. Intelligence is the ability to deal with something without having previous knowledge of how to deal with it, is to figure out the solution as a form of creativity. Mm. And uh, creativity is a form of intelligence as well. And, um, you know, how you apply stuff. And so, actually, that's the one thing that robots will never do. And so what we're doing right now is still teaching our kids to think like machines. Mm. And uh, it's Into not which information needs to be poured. You put a funnel yeah. and pour the information. Yeah, but that's absolutely outdated. <coughs> and uh, mm. what we're actually doing is wasting the potential of our kids. We're disasso uh, disassociating them from... You know, people. Most people I know feel so um, disconnected with education or learning because of the rubbish they were taught at school, mm. uh, and the method that they were taught and the method they were tested. So, yeah, and that was that was like what 25 years ago. So I, I left school 20 years ago. So, um, but you know, um, people would tell me like, "Oh, you can't go and talk to IBM. You can't go and do this. You can't mm. do that." And I was like, "Well." Tough. I'm gonna try. You know, <laughs> but luckily, like the Ten Commandments, luckily, thou shalt not, thou shalt. Yeah, not. but thou, sh thou shalt be uh, average or worse. Yes. You know, well, sorry, sheeple. sorry, but you know, I'm not gonna play that game. Mm. And uh, you know, actually, I was right. And you know, I now have friends who are you know top, 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 top people in IBM or like even further who've left and who uh, massive investments or because they didn't listen to put downs. Well, they weren't put downs. They were just limitations in the minds of other people it's not even their fault they were just they no, couldn't no. imagine it's possible mm -hmm. frankly though nobody would have thought it was possible to go out and redesign the method in which society is processed i've actually done that the first ever uh, bottom-up societal processor which can compute entire society across the board from mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. policies to philosophies and and you know all that uh, to economies to you know so uh, this kind of stuff has never been done, So, but I managed to do it. I've invented a new kind of computer. It's a social computer. So, you know, all of that stuff, if I had believed anyone beforehand, I never would have achieved it. No, no. You would have and stopped um, ages ago in your tracks. I just wouldn't long, have believed long, long, it. I would long, never long, even long have dared to think about it. Mm. I mean, so, but, you know, uh, nowadays it doesn't matter where you're from so much. Um, depending on where you live, you realize that you can live in places like big cities, London, or even places like Ibiza or Amsterdam, you meet people from all over the world every mm. day, mm. so you don't... Um, Associate with one skin color, yeah. one language, one food. Right. But if you live in Newcastle, you know, you'd be surprised if you see a black guy, ever. You mm. know, it's maybe changed, few since, now, it's changed you know. since you've gone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure, but there's more now. I've even uh, brought some to the studio. Yeah. Still, uh, there's not many. Yeah, but you use nationality and identity because a lot of people identify with nation, a lot of people identify with religion, a lot of people identify with their gender, a lot of people identify with their uh, jobs, with the social strata. Yeah. Euripides said you can't dip your toe in the same river twice. So yeah. I, I'm a different person from the chap you spoke to 10 seconds ago. I'm yeah, well, that's just true to some extent. I mean, I think identity goes much deeper than that. Mm. Uh, that's more personality, I think, in terms of who you are from moment to moment. But mm. identity isn't about your personality only. It's about how other people perceive you, actually, identity is a... Uh, no, I thought you were talking about self-identity, how I see myself. No, but identity from whose point of view? There's yes, lots yes. of types of identity. There's financial, there's, you know, legal identity as well. All these things come into play. Um, that's why I was using nationality as a thing, so that people see me as an English person, do they see me as, you know, that's what identity is, is about what, how other people identify. Mm -hmm. How you identify yourself, that's also interesting, is, is definitely within... Topic. What do you tell yourself? Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, what you think you are and what other people think you are is always different facts, mm. yeah. Mm. But uh, identity in the the, men, the sense I mentioned it originally was more also to do with um, the identity of uh, sovereignty, like who do you think you are?
from one nation or another? Mm-hmm. Are you are you um, you know are you identified by your job? Are you identified by the clothes you wear? By the money you have? Or you know what the car you drive? Right. The postal code you live in? Because I think that's also been an issue for me as well. Like how do I identify what I do? Because what are you supposed to say? People, oh, I'm a I'm a social engineer for the people. Like I don't get paid. But I figured out, like at the absolute top level, how to change things, and now I'm just trying to find a relationship with having no real resources of my own, mm. and trying to put out one of the biggest projects that's ever been conceived in the last hundred years or something like. That. It's ridiculous how big this project is, you know. I'm really, and I'm not. People out there might be like, "Well, that's a bit heavy thing to say." Well, you know, come with me one time to a conference and see how they react to me, and mm. then, you know, we'll see. Mm. We'll see how surprising it is that I'm saying that. I mean, for me, that's real. I'm not. I don't go around saying, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to invent this new thing that's biggest in the world," and blah blah. That's absolute rubbish. I hate people like that. But then I'm now reluctantly having to say, "You know what? It's a massive thing on my shoulders. I didn't mean to come up with that, but here I am." You know, what am I supposed to do about it? So now I have to become that person somehow. You know, somebody who has the balls to do that. Well, you know, bring it on. But that's uh, not as hard. It's not as easy as it looks, you know. It's easy to point your finger at someone like Martin Luther King. But imagine if you had to do his job now. If somebody said, "Okay, you're the only person who can do that," yeah, that's, that takes some guts, you know. Well, every leader, to some or great extent, uh, larger or lesser extent, uh, does or successfully or not change people's point of view because of their belief, because yeah. of what they've done, because of their background. Because by background, I mean background history, what they've done, mm. and they can see this person going on, and he's not just an idle thinker. He's actually doing it. Most of those people are unknown people as well, you know. That that you don't see them in the papers, so you don't credit credit them, you know. Uh, I think most of the good people in the world are just sort of quiet about it, actually. And every now and then you see somebody who comes along and who you know really Creates makes a, a splash. So uh, mm. yeah, we use those as examples, but they're not, you know, they're they're, they're more hidden, hidden. Um, but like an iceberg, only the tip shows. Yeah, the majority yeah. of people who do those amazing things are, are forever unknown, you know. And um, uh, you know, for for, for me, th- on an individual level, you know, I was always in interested in identity, and I think basically identity is the key to solving all the issues. You know, once you rediscover new identities, like so, oh, I'm a volunteer, or oh, I'm a, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm somebody who helps. Uh, you know, if you identify yourself, with, you know, with positive things that will change the way you are you know people often say i'm only a housewife yeah. I'm, i'm only a cleaner in nicholas hospital right and say if you don't clean we'd all die of infection yeah. so don't cut yourself down let others do it we all you. we all have to do what we're good at you know hmm? and or what we have to hmm. i think though that you know i i don't know what it's like to not have certain abilities perhaps so i i can't relate to being hmm. in a lifestyle where i just don't have the options but i have met other most of the people i've met I can see in them that the reason they don't have those options is not because of them being inadequate. Uh, actually, it's because they weren't educated properly. And they were told something yeah, they were, that they're they smaller were, than the... Right. Who do you think you so are? So it's kind the of parents' fault. Yeah, or the, teachers. The teachers' fault. Yeah. And friends, neighbors. The, the where they grew up. But actually, you know, most people are actually capable of way, way more than yes. they think. And actually, that's part of the reason why I'm doing my work is because I found myself, uh, you know, almost 90% of the time having discussions with just people anyone I'd meet. We'd we'd get around to the topic of what do you really want to do, why aren't you doing it, you know, uh, what happened when you were young. So what I found was so what blocks you kind of yeah, and why aren't you uh, <coughs> living a life that you're happy with? Because that's the main thing. So I uh, literally 90% of my conversations would end up like that. So you know, I'm the kind of person who should be going out and putting this big project together or whatever. You know, that's um, it's almost in incumbent on you, and you help a lot of people uh, by my nature. So that's that's you know my identity. I don't 
you know do things for money and uh, you know believe in a better society and uh, yeah, that kind of stuff so but then identity again it's like what do you choose you know you need to invent identities these days you know you, you any entrepreneur will tell you that you you, you have to pioneer something yeah you could set up a, a shoe factory because there's no shoe factory in the region that's that's also a that's form also of fine that's also a form, a form of, of innovation you know mm. that that mm. is difficult you have to innovate that you have to m create the market and so on or whatever but like I mean, more like uh, the jobs today aren't really the same as they used to be. You can invent a company that, you know, does anything, you know. So th there's a lot of stuff needing to be done. So, you know, there's lots of opportunity to to create something new and uh, have a new identity, basically. Would you say that in your life, uh, people have inspired you, I guess, but people haven't been able to dumb you down? Well, nobody can dumb you down. I mean, that's... Uh, but that, that because you believe that to be the case. I mean, whether you believe that or not believe that you'll be successful in. I don't know. I, th I think I've got a problem with the terminology of dumb you down. I mean, I, I don't think you can become less intelligent. That's what I mean, I suppose. But, but you can act less intelligent the rest of your life if you're told that from no, early you're, age. If you're ashamed to be intelligent, which yes. is the culture of our. In, know, in Britain, it is the culture. Especially in Newcastle. I don't know yeah. if it is in Britain. I don't know if it is. I think but he's a nerd. What do you mean he's a nerd? He's I don't think that's computers. a British thing. I don't think it is. I think it's more in, in poorer places like Newcastle and Leeds. And okay. Yeah, I don't think it's like that in London so okay, much. So so back backwaters of Britain, you mean? I think so, to some extent. But in America, you are encouraged to be brilliant, to be mm. the best you can be, and, and mm. they're all cheesy about it, but it's still... If you look at that purple dinosaur, Barney, he's saying, you can do it, you can do it. <laughs> and it's cheesy, but it's, you know, I'd rather grow up like that than being told, you can't do it, you, you can't, can't do it. Do it. Can't who, do it. Do, who do you think you are? Mm. Oh, you want to eat something more than chips? Oh, you bloody ponce. <laughs> what? Sorry, but get the hell out of here. You know, yeah. like I don't want to be arrogant, but you know, if you if you want to live a rubbish life and justify it, well, fine, but don't tell me I have to. So really, <clears throat> if we were sort of more intelligent about our education and more than that, education of our children, and give them opportunities, they will grow in the direction they need to grow. I think so. I think these days it's uh, it's it's much more common now to it's talk about these things. I think you know you've got the. Uh, You've got the internet, so whatever you say, a clever kid will go out and find He'll out himself. He'll figure it out they, anyway. They don't need you the, these days to. So teach don't them. tell lies, at least. Yeah, well, you know, the best uh, honesty the parent can give is, I don't know. Let's find out. Mm. Let you know? us find out. Yes. But, but, but it's, it's easy these days because mm. we all generally realize the kids are probably brighter than us. You know, mm -hmm. whereas in the past there was some level of pride. You're a kid. Shut up, kind of. Well, yeah, you know, listen to your elders because they're usually right. Well, you know. In some experiential things, yeah, parents have more experience, mm. but when it comes to knowledge, knowledge and facts, stuff, I mean, I, I knew more than my teachers in most mm. cases. Mm. And also, most of the stuff I know, um, I never learned. So people would say, how do you know more about the study I, I'm doing than, about, than I do? And I'm mm. like, yeah, because I think. I don't need somebody to tell me. Else to tell you. But mm. why is that the case? Because from a young age, I was encouraged to think, or I had the computer to allow me to think. I didn't need someone else's approval. And I don't need somebody else's knowledge to, I can create knowledge myself, you know, and I can explore knowledge myself. So these days I think it's going to be much more common and this generation of children are going to be like that, whether you like it or not. So, you know, the best way we can deal with that is just to allow them and, and, and their identity is not something we can understand. That's yeah. what I mean. They or grow. control or should you? Well, there's going to be they're some level. In the, they're living in the next generation. They need to be there's got to be some level of control, yes. but that's more personality, you know. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you've got to slap your kid if it's going around farting in people's faces and stuff, you know. <laughs> I mean, you can't let them do that. I still find that funny, what you said, but... Well, it's true, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> you could, that, what I mean is there's barriers, you know, you have to... Yeah, yeah. But what I mean is you can't necessarily... But you can't them. say to your kid, don't think. Yeah, well, you shouldn't. 
you know. You're killing the brain, the biggest quality. Well, you're killing the only quality they have left. Because yeah. let's be honest, people are a bunch of, you know, apes reproducing for pretty much no real purpose. Mm. There's too many <laughs> of us. What do we really achieve in, in society? You know, very little. Um, and uh, the world needs creatives because uh, otherwise we're going to be taken over by machines doing our current jobs. And machines are going to make us all obsolete. And if we haven't got an alternative, uh, we're just going to be, you know, I our identity is going to be the, the, the meat that we got rid of. Mm. Uh, and the machines will exist and we won't anymore. Because we're just, uh, you know, we're not very efficient as a society. What do we really do? I mean, that's actually that great. I mean, yeah, even going to the moon and stuff, so bloody what? So what? So exactly. What? I mean, have the Hadron Collider. Yeah, but that mm. is interesting. But so what do you do with it is the thing. Yeah, we've learned yeah. stuff from that that will yeah. allow us to travel to the stars and things mm. like that. Mm. You know, so in the future, that, that's, that's taking the civilization somewhere. Being able to feed the hungry on the planet, for example, that would be something that to me, would be to great. To me, personally, you know? that's slightly more important than going to the stars. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Because yeah, yeah, people yeah. are dying in our neighborhood. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I had an idea many years ago called Terraform Earth. Terraform. Terraform Earth. Earth. It's very simple. You get the, the space agencies and you say, look, you're spending so much money trying to research how to terraform a planet which is millions of miles away. Um, don't you think that by generating projects in Africa, for example, to make places irrigation, mm. uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, it's much easier to terraform that land to make it livable and lush even, you know, to give people uh, uh, the ability to grow. Then trying to grow something on Mars or something. Yeah. And so you'd learn a lot about <coughs> growing stuff on Mars by growing stuff in an arid, uh, you know, difficult environment on yeah. Earth, but it's much Which cheaper. Which is not as difficult as Mars. It's way cheaper. Yes. And also, you're actually helping people in the meantime, yes, so yeah. that's really cool, right? So anyway, this is the kind of thinking I do, mm. right? Mm. The, that, that solves the, the it, it makes their research cheaper, it helps people in the real world, mm. and we'll learn stuff we never expected to learn. That's, yes. my, that's my thing, is if you can add two or three together, you actually reduce the cost and get a better result, then why the hell aren't you doing it? I like the Google model, this identity of we give you free stuff and we make money out of it in another way. I think that's a great way of uh, you know doing stuff. And if you can, like in, in, a, in, a, in your everyday thing, uh, you, you know, if, you, if your identity is I help people mm. and I make <coughs> money out of it, I think that's the future. That's a perfect uh, that's the best way exchange. To yeah, and I think it's like, you know, if I can give people help while earning something out of it, then for me, I think for everyone in some way or other, that's the kind of job they should look as for. As long as you give something of value, which you're talking about, right. which you have, we have been so, discussing for about So, for example, hours. what's your identity? Well, I just work for a drug company. Oh, you're like the head researcher. Yeah, and 60 grand a year. Um, oh, so, uh, so what do you do? Oh, we make drugs. So this person <laughs> feels just as guilty as the person cleaning St. Nick's because they don't appreciate that. So in the core of values, ultimately they feel just they as bad. Yeah, ultimately they know that what they're doing is not actually a good thing. They're, mm. they're just doing it because that's their job and they have no choice. Uh, who else is going to pay them 60 grand? They've got their mortgage and they've got their kids are going to school. I mean, you know, people have real world issues. So these are the things that people don't normally consider when they look at, you know, the, the corporations or the, the uh, you know, whatever. The Americans or something, you know, most, <laughs> most Americans are great. Or the Romans yeah. or the caveman. Praz, it's been absolutely fabulous talking to you. We'll catch you again uh, next week. And what are we talking about next week, shall we say? We're talking about science, technology in one half yeah. and gaming and entertainment in the second half. Cool.